Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. On this week's episode of Sweat, Grit and Hustle, it's another one of our real life journeys. Stories about people starting or growing a business that are a little bit closer to where you maybe are. And this week I'm joined by the wonderful Amanda Batch. Good morning, Amanda. Hi. So Amanda, um, you worked in marketing and management consultant for over 12 years, and you were working in marketing communications for government projects when another colleague mentioned starting another business, at which point you made the jump, you decided to go into business with them. So welcome to the show. And it's going to be great hearing all about that journey and how you went from working in a nine to five with the government projects through to running your own business. So where did it, other than the um, deciding to start a business with a colleague, what was the catalyst for you to get out of that job and go do something different? I think it was because I had done it for 12 years. Um, I was working within the government NTOs which is a fairly narrow band. Um, and when somebody said to me, you know, do you, would you like to do this? It's always that call of something unknown, isn't it? It's that little bit of excitement. You think, oh, that's going to be interesting. And then it's a test for yourself because then you think, oh, okay, well, I've done it for everybody else. Can I do it for myself? Um, and that's really what started it. What started is a, a little acorn suddenly had shoots and I thought, okay, let's deal with this properly and try and put together a business that's going to be sustainable. Um, and that's where it started. Brilliant. Well, well, we'll discover more about that during the show. But first of all, let me ask you, what was it that took you down marketing and marketing communications route? Um, you know, is that what you've always done since you finished your education and school? Or is that a new avenue as well? Um, what actually happened was um, I had, I was doing um, retail, in fact, I was actually working in the retail business with uh, doing the strategic bits and pieces. Um, and a friend of mine, who's actually a very well-known trainer, marketing trainer, um, she started her own business as well. Um, and she just, well, she was doing marketing and management consultants consultancy and she said to me she phoned me up one day and went help I'm drowning <laughs> so six months in um she had got to the stage where it was sort of a bit uncontrolled whereby she was doing all the front end she was having trouble keeping up with the back end of it which is the the business development the sales the this the, that you know all the bits you don't have time to do um so I was on maternity leave um, and she said, will you come and help me just on a kind of unofficial basis? And I said, yeah, I'll come for three months and that's it. And then 12 years later, I'm still there. Um, and we worked very well together. So we had a really, really strong partnership, me doing the, the back end of the business and she was doing the front end. So it worked really, really well. Brilliant. And at that time, you were, were you employed by her? Were you just contracting with her? No, I was employed by her. It started as a three-month sort of trial. It was very fluid. Um, and then as things really started to cement down, we, we joined forces. I, at that point, wasn't in a position to take on a business having a very, very small baby. Um, so it suited me down to the ground. Um, and we grew together, and it worked really, really well. 
Oh, that's perfect. And I, I find that's a lot of reasons, especially for women, although some men as well, sometimes staying in that sort of employed status, especially when you've got young children, seems a lot more secure and safe than going out on your own. Yeah, definitely. And for me, um, because I was working with her and she was a really forward thinking employer as well. So she had, you know, family values, all of that sort of thing were very important to her. Um, so it suited my situation at the time. Um, and with that, I was allowed to grow. She got what she wanted for the business. So as I said, it was a really great opportunity for both of us. Brilliant. And I know when you, and I believe this is the right order, but you, you can let Alice know. So you did that marketing consultancy for 12 years, at which point you then ended up in facilities management. That's right. What happened then was that I um, met somebody. Um, my time at the management consultancy was sort of, I suppose, coming to an end, really. Um, you know, I've done 12 years, you look for something slightly different. And then somebody I knew said to me, would I go to this company who were looking for market growth? So I said, yep, that's not a problem at all. I'll come along and again, just have a look and see. I was acting more as a sort of marketing consultant in that role. Um, and while I was there, I was there for six months. Somebody who actually worked there and had been there for a fair amount of time actually said, obviously, thought, this would be it. I want to do this. I want to start my own business, but I need somebody else to do the business side of it. Um, and said to me, do, do you fancy having a go? So I sort of thought about it and thought, do I? Don't I? <laughs> but we did. So actually, again, you know, it was a, it was a good combo, really. So there's, um, sounds like there's quite a lot of being in the right place at the right, right time going on. I think actually what it is, is that people who start businesses, um, start with a sort of great enthusiasm and, um, and not a huge knowledge in what they're doing generally, but to give the business sort of substance and growth, you have to have the business acumen at the back end generally, unless you're really, really lucky. Um, you have to do all the things that need doing behind the scenes. And that's the bit, the people who don't have a, business qualification and I don't mean that you know I mean in general terms um they struggle with it because if you're creatively out there and doing you you know it, it tends not to fall over into the business side yeah and there's a there's a lot of businesses where that's the case you know somebody goes and creates a business that they're passionate in which is a great idea because if you're not passionate in it you're not going to enjoy it but without all those skills of being able to do what I call um, what I call the the admin type stuff, you know, doing the books, checking that bit, and then you've got the sales bit. You could be an absolutely fantastic dress designer, for instance, but if you don't have the skills to go out there and sell and market your product, it's not going to grow. And marketing and sales are the biggest pitfall of all of it. You know, as you said, generally people are very good at doing what they're passionate about. That's when I talk about business structure, I talk about strategy, I'm talking about how you then turn that strategy into tactical stuff, how you get the right amount of sales so that you don't 
kill yourself in the first instance <laughs> and get your marketing as an ongoing thing. So ultimately, you become fully aligned as a business. Um, and that's that's the problem most people struggle with. Yeah. And I mean, I know from experience with things that I tried in the past, um, you know, you can be doing something you really love, but when you look at the hours you spend versus the money you take in, you know, a nine to five can sometimes seem like a luxury when you've got a business that isn't yet grown and it's not bringing you the amount you really need to survive on. So I know you went into the business, you went into a partnership with somebody else. What, and I, you know, I think that lasted for a good five years, didn't it? It lasted a lot longer than that, 13 years. 13 years, wow. Uh, and I bought him out eventually. He went to go and live in New Zealand after, I think it's like four years together, and I took it on on my own. Um, and then I sold it. Yeah. So by the time we sold it, I had 29 employees. Um, but again, you know, that's quite a big undertaking. But I did start in my back bedroom by myself. <laughs> so I've been down the journey. <laughs> I know how it all works. Oh, yeah. And I mean, every, a lot of businesses, a lot of musicians these days, a lot of the Silicon Valley big companies all started in a garage or a bedroom. Yeah. It's where business grows. So during that time that you were in partnership, um, before your partner decided to leave and go to New Zealand, what what were the high points, as in what was great about working with a partner and what was not so great about working with partners? Okay, well, I think what's really great is if you have complementary skills and that allows you to have someone to have a different perspective from you and that's quite important. Um, there's someone there that you're accountable to and when you're on your own, accountability is actually quite a critical thing because it's getting that accountability to yourself, which actually is really difficult. Um, and then you can share and share alike with the issues and problems that arise. So it's great because you have support. The downside is that actually making sure you're working with somebody that is totally in tune to the business and the way it works is can be a struggle. That's where business partnerships sometimes fall down. Okay, so if somebody out there is working in a partnership, they're having struggles. What what's your thoughts on at what point they what they could do if it starts going a bit wrong, for instance? What's your thoughts on what they could do to get it back on track? And at what point in your experience is it worth thinking about, let's call it a day? Okay. I think for me, um, because I I did the business side, um, I always believe that for any business um the value is in the numbers okay and i don't i mean you can you can tell how a business is going purely by the numbers that it generates so you know in all the ratios whether your business is is doing well or it's not and what needs to be amended um, depending on who is responsible for what i is it your partner or yourself um my one thing that i would say that was critical for our particular partnership, and I think for most businesses, is that you need a management meeting each month where you look at the various areas and how they're doing. No blame, no criticism, no nothing. Numbers don't lie. 
So you can just say, well, these, you know, from that, you can get the strategic approach for the next quarter. And you just go, right, this is where we are. Budget, so budgetary wise, we didn't do so well here. We didn't do so well there. What we need to do is adjust here. You know, it's all the monitoring and control stuff. Um, and from that, you start to see a pattern. And if things don't pick up across one quarter, two quarters, you know you've got an inherent issue going on and you need to address that. And if you can't address it by taking action, and I don't mean any sort of radical action, I just mean by doing the things you're meant to do, um, then you really need to start thinking about, does this work for me? Because ultimately the business won't move on. Yeah, brilliant. Some wonderful guidance in there. So you you sold you sold the business in I think it was 2012. Yes. Um what then? You've you've grown a business, you've got it to 29 employees and really successful. Where does Amanda go after that? That's a very good question. I thought Amanda wanted to have a life of sort of, you know, ladies who lunch. But yeah. unfortunately Amanda got that a bit wrong actually. <laughs> Would be nice though, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) After about day five, I do you know, I suddenly thought, what have I done? I can't go from a hundred percent full on to nothing. And and that was the problem, you know. And then I thought, well, I'm just gonna have to pull myself together and get on. So I thought, what can I actually do? Can I share my experiences and, and my knowledge and my experience with other people? And that's what I did. Um, and for the last eight years, I've been doing long-term one-to-one with uh, six or seven, com- I think seven companies now, where you do the strategy, you do the accountability, you do the implementation, and you do through to the, the actual results. And every single one, it's worked, it's worked well. You know, they've all come away in a much better position than they were. So are you, are you effectively helping them solve problems? Are you helping them get going? It can be both. Um, I've had, in fact, the, the one-to-one I'm doing at the moment, the guy, it wasn't new. A lot of small businesses will get a, a peak early on where you get the, the sort of rush in the, in the first instance where if you've had contacts you've taken with you or you've got a large contact book, uh, businesses like that tend to move quite quickly through the first two years because you've got that set strategy you know what you're doing um unfortunately some of them then when that irons out slightly because you can only rely on that for so long and then you have to start finding your own customers your own positioning your own targeting all that sort of stuff Um, and then they get into sticky water at about 36 to sort of 48 months and that's exactly what happened with the guy that i'm working with at the moment so we had to go back to the start virtually and go, right, okay, now we need to build you the fabulous foundations because sustainable business is all about fabulous foundations. And that is, how do I do this? So I put in very, very simple systems and processes that allow me to know exactly where I am at any given time. Um, And I've worked with him now for maybe a couple of years. Um, and just recently I said to him, what value do I, do you think I actually bring to you? So I just wanted to know, you know, exactly what he felt. And he said, my number one value from you is disaster avoidance. Yeah. It's a bit like insurance, isn't it? Yeah, 
It is a sign, but it isn't because I, it isn't. It isn't because actually the other bit he's got from me is he's got increased sales and, and visibility out in the marketplace. So all these things sort of sit together. They're not isolated. They actually are a full, a sort of the full picture. Yeah, it's it's quite funny because um, one of my businesses is property, um, and I always say to some of the people I work with, especially when it comes to business, you know, building a house actually is quite a good analogy for building a business because if you don't put a decent set of foundations in if you don't monitor the people that are building it for you you know a house will be built yeah you will have a house whether it will stand the test of time without foundations the first storm that comes along could wash away the bricks so it's quite it's quite good. I always use that one for reminding the business owners: you have some foundations, and you have to maintain that business. Absolutely, and not only do you have to maintain the foundations, you then have to start building on top of those foundations. And everything you build, each brick that goes in, is determining how strong it is to have that sustainability into the future. Yeah, brilliant. Now I, I know you were helping one. Were you helping a business during COVID that did exhibition and hospitality? Yes. Yeah, yes. Not, not an industry that COVID was kind to at the beginning, was it? No, 23rd of March, the door shut, and that was it. Um, and, you know, there was no way around it. You, you couldn't suddenly say, well, do you know what, we'll just do it on a more limited basis. So what we had to do very rapidly was a bit of a reverse turn essentially they were doing design and build for exhibition um and i said to him well you really need to now focus on the design bit of this and you need to go into a market where there's demand at the moment so we set up a new website we set up the new marketing sort of strategy and the sales bit um and we developed uh, digital design into the marketplace and it's worked really well so we took, I mean, quite literally in the space of about two months, we turned that business around from going in one direction through to going in a completely different sort of way. Um, and yeah, it's worked well. And it's given him a vision for the future that he never saw before. So that was actually quite a positive thing. Yeah, it's um, quite interesting how the, the disaster, the upturn, whatever you want to call it, of COVID has resulted in loads of new businesses but also a massive change in existing businesses a lot of them have actually spun and they're doing something totally different now which is brilliant instead of going out of business they're changing their direction you have to really and the thing about doing it is that it allows you to see new opportunities i mean i know you know there's business sort of um arena was a disaster for a lot of people. But actually, if you've built your fabulous foundations, what actually you can do is then, when you have slight issues or problems, it allows you to see other opportunities. And that is critical for any business because actually you don't want one issue to be your kind of final problem. No, no. And if, if your business has got the right foundations, it's being managed, it, it's a lot easier to actually move its direction. So what about you and where you're going? You know, I, I often get asked when I'm going to retire and I always say, I don't think I ever am. I'd get bored. 
Um, but what about you? What What's the outcome for you with your where you're going and when you suddenly slow down, if you slow down? I think um, for me, um, it's a case of a bit like you, you know, I don't really want to stop doing anything. What's the point of that? That's nothing. <laughs> so, but equally, you know, I've been through a, a, sort of a working life. I mean, I, I'm not at retirement age yet, but I could easily say now well I've had enough you know I'm not going to do it anymore I'll just take it easy but I don't want to do that that's not what it's about for me I get I get a buzz from making businesses succeed because I've I've done it myself and I've done it for others and actually it's really important to me you know I think that it is really important to share your knowledge and your experience with people particularly if they're starting off or they're what is a, as I know as a kind of a baby business you know it's a it's in that sort of very early development stage where that in any business is your critical time the first two years is really the development time of how you bed it in and that's what I love I love seeing them sort of go through that and looking at how they work looking at what the market means to them and what the opportunities are and then shaping something that fits for that person because it's all personal you know you can't make one business fit somebody and the same style fit somebody else no because everybody's objectives are different yeah so um as we close on our real life journey for this week what what tips and golden nuggets do you have for somebody out there that they've got a passion they're going to start a business what tips do you have for them in terms of what to focus on in the first say six months really boring and people go oh no please don't say that um be clear about where you're going you know have a business plan it doesn't have to be complicated but you need a framework have a marketing plan very simple one page will do and have a sales plan and and use that and then from those everything else will shake out what you've got to do it's time saving and it means your kind of productivity will be much higher because you will always have that framework to refer back to. And when things aren't quite going according to plan, you won't panic. You know, you can go back to start and do, you can read it and you go, yeah, I should be doing this. Right, come back here. And that to me, as boring as it sounds, is actually the most critical thing of it all. Yeah, brilliant. So your business plan, your marketing plan and your sales plan. And as Amanda says, they do not have to be massive documents. They can be a one page framework. And and I agree with you, Amanda. You know, for me, the most critical thing is having clarity. Where do you want to get to? And more importantly, to keep driving you there. Um, Why do you want to get there? Yeah, I've seen so many people go into business and at the time, it sounded like a great idea. Let's get, you know, let's start it so we can get £10,000 a month of profit. And then you ask them, well, why do you need 10000 a month? What is it you're doing this for? They're like, actually, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, people, are, strangely enough, with, with what I've been doing recently with the sort of online stuff, um, there's so much of it, you know, earn 10000 in three months, earn fifty. It, it's cloud cooking land you know it's not going to happen when you're in the early stages of a business yeah and do you know it was quite funny because last week I got um I got a messenger 
text from from somebody that I was connected to. But the messenger text was sort of very strange, weird questions, you know, about, you know, what do I think to the current situation with crypto? And I just, I giggled to myself, I thought, I can spot this a mile off. This is somebody who's trying to get me into a conversation to tell me how I can get rich quick on crypto. Yeah. Yeah, most, there isn't such thing. Yeah, we get the odd overnight success, but getting rich quick is full of so many risks you you stand to lose more than you stand to gain. But yeah, even when I called them out on that, their technique was, no, no, I'm not trying to get you into crypto. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. So I said, well, basically, I, I have some Bitcoin, but I'm not into trading it. I don't want to sit there in a system where I'm making money from crypto because there's so much there at the minute. At which point I was getting insulted for not being open about other opportunities and maybe I should look at her video because then I'll see how much I can earn. And I thought, I just thought that's not a way to build your business, guys. It isn't. There's no such thing as, you know, get rich quick with no pain. You know, it just doesn't exist. And, you know, the thing about a sustainable business for the future is you have to put in the effort at the start and that. There is no other way other than that to make sure that you, you know, you have something that's worth it and you love it. Yeah. And that will keep you going to your outcome stage, whether that's helping support charity work or whether it's because you and your family want to retire into a villa, villa in Mauritius. So, yeah, I do recommend every so often you also check, are you going the direction you are going for the right reason? Now, as always, I have got some quick fire questions for you. But before I ask them, I want to allow you to give a shout out and tell people how they can connect with you. How can they get in touch with you? Okay. Um, I have a small sort of info website. It's not a massive thing at all. It's just a thing that says, you know, if you're interested, are you in this particular position? If you're interested, you can have a kind of just give me a call or, you know, fill in the contact page and I'll speak to you. We'll have a quick chat about it. Um, and you'll find me at www.simplifyingsmallbusiness.co.uk. Brilliant. I will make sure that goes into our show notes, Amanda. It's been lovely hearing about your journey. And before we say goodbye, my little quick fire round. So given you're in marketing, I'm going to say Facebook or LinkedIn. Always make sure you're in the right place for the right clients. Yeah. So look at where your clients are. Love that. Um Retire at home or abroad? I would love to retire abroad. Ooh, where would you love to go? Um, I like Barbados. Nice. Um, I like uh, Sri Lanka. They're all fairly different types of places, but they're interesting. They're really interesting places. Yeah, and the great thing is these days you can go abroad to, to live, um, but you don't actually have to retire. <laughs> You can work online from there. It's one thing the last couple of years has brought a lot more online working. So let me ask you, what's um, what's been a decision you've made business-wise looking back was probably one of your worst decisions? That's easy. And that was very recently. 
um, I was looking, I had to, with COVID, I went from face-to-face staff to being online. Um, and somebody was recommended to me and they were in a position to do, put in tech staff. They were very tech wizardry kind of thing. Um, and yeah, yeah, you should use them. And he spun a great sales line. It was hugely expensive and absolute disaster. And I would always, always say to people, check somebody out at least five times before you use them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I must admit, long time ago, I had a, a website done and it just, you know, the number of questions we'd sat down and had a meeting about what needed, what this website needed to do. And then every time anything happened, I got the question of, well, what do you want this bit to do? Well, that was the whole point of sitting down with you for four hours at the beginning. So, yeah, I should have known at that point that there was something not not quite right with her. So, um, and on the reverse of that, what in your business life, since you start business for yourself, um, what's been your best decision? My best decision has been being able to know at the right time to do the right thing. And I know that's very kind of wide ranging, but it's always knowing what your business is doing and making those decisions based on fact, not on gut feel, because actually that has stood me in absolutely good stead at every decision making uh, point I've come to. Brilliant. And I've got a couple of questions, one we always ask and one that's becoming a favourite on all of our real life journeys. The first one if you could do one thing to change the world, what would it be? That's a really difficult question. Um, I would like it to be uh, more honest, I think. I think integrity and honesty are perhaps a thing that have suffered in the last two years. Yeah, And I think right. I would like to see that coming back. Yeah, I agree with you. That goes back to the wonderful little messenger chat I did, isn't it? No integrity at all. Uh, And our favourite one that we always end with, our show is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle. So if you take each of those, which one of those words resonate with you? I need to get better teeth. (laughs) Which one of those resonates with you and why? I think for me, it's the sweat bit because actually... No business is worth having unless you personally invest your time, your knowledge and your experience into it. Yeah, And only then will you have something that actually will carry you for a long, long time. I love it. 90% of our guests go for grit and every so often we get one that goes for the other two and it's always a brilliant reason why. Amanda, it has been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And we will, um, we might bring you back on on another one to do some specific business crunching around marketing. That would be great. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll arrange that. We'll we'll get you on to do one that is literally all about, rather than your journey, it, about the technicalities of actually doing a marketing plan. That would be fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Amanda. And to my listeners, we will see you next week. To keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on Sweat, Grit and Hustle, do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.